Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 7th of December 2019, and the title of this episode is Lock and Key with the Thirsty Sword Lesbians. We're going to spend the next few minutes chatting about some of the most popular stories on Geek Native this week. We're also going to get onto some breaking RPG news which has went live just as I started writing today's script. First though, let's talk about one of the most popular stories. And that was that Netflix has finally put a date on Lock and Key. Lock and Key is a horror mystery comic from Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez that's published by IDW. It's the story of the Locke family moving back to their ancestral home. That's the place that just happens to be called Key Home. The family is making the move because their father was murdered horribly. And although I've not yet read the comic books, I sense that death is a constant companion in the series. Once in Key Home, the Locke siblings quickly discover magical keys and their chilling connections to demons. Netflix has confirmed the 10-part series will start on the 7th of February 2020. I think this is attempt three at turning the graphic novel into a show. DreamWorks had the rights in 2010, and then Hulu had a bash in 2017, but gave up. The news that Netflix had finally pinned a date on their attempt, and that it was just a few months away, has been very popular with Geek Native's readers. So let's hope the streaming platform has done an excellent job with the adaptation. We had quite a few other possible cinema and TV stories this week. If I ever win the lottery and Geek Native gets a full-time writer, perhaps the blog could have covered them all. Instead, I went with the first official trailer for Black Widow. I think it has a bit of a James Bond vibe to it, and given that Black Widow is a government-trained spy, this makes sense. There was also a James Bond trailer out this week, but I've not even had a chance to look at it yet, let alone share it on the blog. So please do let me know if you think that's worthwhile. Of course, Black Widow isn't all spies, it's superhero too, and there are definitely some superhero talking points in the trailer. Firstly, I like the look of David Harbour's Red Guardian. Yeah, sure, some people had concerns that the trailer made a fat joke, but given that we've already had Bro Thor show us it doesn't really matter what you look like, it matters how you step up and look after people, I suspect we'll see positive messages around Red Guardian too. The trailer also showed us Taskmaster. I think it was Taskmaster. He didn't really look like the Taskmaster I remember, but I concede that that Taskmaster is somewhat goofy, um, especially with his big cloak. I think also we saw another Black Widow and a supervillain called Iron Maiden. Well, we'll just have to find out how many seeds Marvel are sowing with this film. Also, from the world of entertainment, we had the return of Doctor Who. The story Geek Native picked up and shared some preview images from was the first issue of Season 2 of the comic book series. Season 2 of the 13th Doctor begins with a crossover. There are both the Autons and the Weeping Angels causing problems in London. And so, in a retelling of the popular Blink TV episode we have the 10th and the 13th Doctor both working to save the city. And the last entertainment story has to be about Baby Yoda. Firstly, we don't even have Disney Plus here in the UK, not yet. The internet is going potty for a show I can't see and characters I'm trying to avoid spoilers for. However, when the oddly non-fuzzy plushie called Star Wars The Child appeared in Walmart, then I and the rest of the web noticed. I think someone had hit publish too soon, 
as the baby Yoda model, adorable as it was, quickly vanished from the Walmart site. Now, I checked before recording this podcast, and I have good news if you liked what you saw. The Star Wars Child is back, and Walmart are now taking pre-orders. You'll find the link in the show notes or in the transcript of this recording, which appears on Geek Native. Let's stick with sci-fi and segue into a world of RPGs. Nibiru is a very different sort of sci-fi. Nibiru is an RPG from Frederico Sons. Sons works at Modifius, but as of right now, this hard sci-fi game is a Kickstarter project and not connected with the British publisher. It's quite a game. I have an early Kickstarter copy, and I like it very much. For a start, it's gorgeous. The game is very different. It's life on board a huge spaceship, and the rulebook gives us thousands of years of history for the people there. Our PCs, though, are known as vagabonds. They've woken up somewhere in the spaceship, and without most of their memories. Nibiru becomes about discovering our character, writing their backstory as you go, by rediscovering your memories. As you do this, you unlock powers. I suspect this isn't a game for everyone. The combat is brutal. Mental health is a real thing. And that means, before some characters are retired as being unplayable, it can be angsty and unpleasant. However, if you're into your dark and sombre adventures in a very different environment, then I think Nibiru is worth checking out. Hopefully all Kickstarter backers will get what they're expecting and the game will become more broadly available. Another game to look forward to, and a game you can sign up to playtest right now, is Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I'm not sure how you react to a name like Thirsty Sword Lesbians. My mind immediately went to the Urban Dictionary definition of Thirsty rather than the Oxford Dictionary one. Despite that, my mind immediately went to the Oxford Dictionary definition of Sword and not the Urban Dictionary one, and so I avoided any potential mismatch between the words sword and lesbian. However, my mental image was very anime, I suspect, very male fantasy anime, and that's not what Thirsty Sword Lesbian's about, not at all. When I saw that it was Evil Hat published in the game, I knew I had to dig a bit deeper. The designer is April Kit Walsh, and she, as a day job, as a day job walks as an attorney for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So this is a game designer worthy of deep respect. April's day job is to defend your civil liberties in the digital world. Thirsty Sword Lesbians isn't a male fantasy. It's all about LGBT representation. The phrase disaster lesbian is used to describe the game again and again. So I think what we have here are action heroes who represent women, but who get caught up in all sorts of drama and actual sword fighting. I think it's going to be one to watch. I suspect, though, Evil Hat will kickstart it, and for financial safety reasons, will restrict it to US shipping only. In the meantime, you can check out what Thirsty Sword Lesbians looks like now over at Gay Spaceship Games' Itch.io account. In other RPG news, Gayosium has announced that Ben Aronovich's Rivers of London is becoming an RPG. You might know the first book in the series as Midnight Riot if you bought it in the States, it's a supernatural thriller with a young policeman getting caught up in a violent murder investigation and ending up learning magic. The Rivers of London RPG will use the basic RPG system, and I think 2020 might be an exciting year for the franchise. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have bought the rights to turn the series into a TV version. Given that those two did Hot Fuzz, I'm both thrilled with the news 
and interested to see whether or not they can do a very different cop story. Another book which became an RPG is Gunnar Roxon's Broken Shield. Cake Native had news this week, along with a preview of a game, that the second edition of the Broken Shield RPG has been published. The Broken Shield is also about cops in London trying to police the supernatural, but it's very different to Rivers of London. Here are the living gods are more like superheroes, and the technology is advanced, deadly and dark. Despite the bleakness that surrounds Broken Shield, the second edition is about giving the game some hope. Maybe, if you work hard, the future will not be all that bad. Okay, so those last two bits of news were about books that became games. What about an April Fool's joke that became a game? That's what happened when Fantasy Flight Games joked that the expansion to the Arkham Horror card game was called the Dogwitch Legacy. Months later, the publishing powerhouse has taken that joke and it's made it real. Arkham Horror, the meddling of Meowhatep, has actually been made into an expansion. Good on them and everybody who wrote in to say, hey, I know you meant that as a joke, but I would totally buy that game if it was real. We had a guest piece on Geek Native this week. Charles Dunwoody supplied a second article, this one a study on RPG rules that affect fictional violence. For example, in Robert Schwab's Shadow of the Demon Lord, PCs can pick up taints of corruption for a murder, this can lead to marks of darkness and sanity, and ultimately it can banish a PC's soul to hell. If that's a bit dark, then check out the most popular post on Reddit of 2019. That's a gaming comic from SR Grafo, and it's all about taking the time to show a game you've already mastered to someone you care about. Okay, I know a podcast isn't the best medium to show a comic panel, but follow the link in the show notes and I promise the two gaming buddies will punch you right in the feels. In a good way. As it's the first week of December, it means that the RPG Publisher Spotlight Poll is now open. If you're a Geek Native patron, even if you just donate $1 a month, you get to vote in it. A vote is your way to determine which publisher gets highlighted by the blog until the end of the year. Uh, Voting helps support the RPG industry. Well, as much as exposure on this little blog can achieve. I'm sure it's a good thing to do. Right, before we wrap up the week, let's include that breaking news which hit the internet just as I started to write this summary. Hunters Entertainment has revealed that they are the partner that Paradox Interactive mentioned but wouldn't name during PDXCon. This means that the tabletop RPG Werewolf the Apocalypse 5th edition is coming and it's been made by the same company that did Kids on Bikes and who will be publishing Altered Carbon in 2020. It's a bit of a wait until Werewolf comes out though as the game is not scheduled until 2021. Okay, that's enough for now and you won't have to wait a whole year for the next episode of Audio XP. I'll be back next week. Thank you.